Who are the biggest challengers to the Boston Celtics this season? Some obvious, maybe a couple who aren't. We're going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every Monday through Friday with a free, fresh podcast that drops directly to your device. If you're a subscriber, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Media day is next week, next week, training camp. This picture of the practice facility behind me on the YouTube page, which you should be checking out and hopping into the comment section. Uh, that will be full of players on Tuesday, uh, officially practicing for the Boston Celtics. Uh, we're back, baby. We're here. The season is about to begin, and uh, I will have more podcasts about the Boston Celtics than you're going to find anywhere else from an in, uh, inside voice. So check it out. Uh, by the way, I am John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I'm on the beat. I'm at media day. I'm at the practices. I'm in the locker room, so make sure you're subscribed to the show. today. We're getting into the challengers who could derail Boston's quest for a championship. And we're going to be talking about it with my guy, Tom Westerholm, Tom underscore NBA on Twitter. What's up, Tom? What up? How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Basketball's almost here. NBA basketball's almost here, I should say. Yeah. Uh, WNBA playoffs are here. Big day for the uh, Connecticut Sun. Your uh, Connecticut son. My Connecticut son. I own the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I mean, I've spent enough money at Mohegan Sun to have a fraction. I could be a part owner by you know how much money I've it's, left behind there. I was gonna say if some of your bets had gone right, maybe you could have. I could. You know, either way, I've I've either spent enough money to win enough right, to buy the right, team, right. or I've left behind enough money where they'd be like, okay, John, here's one percent. You've earned 1%. I, if I had had one of those little cards, maybe that could be my reward by now. 1% of the right. team. Right. Like a little, little punch card. You, yeah. You know, yeah. You know. You know? Yeah. So, but anyway, go Connecticut Sun. Excited that they uh, they took game one against the New York Liberty. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Liberty are stacked. But anyway, no one, no one's here to listen to a, a locked. We have lockdown women's basketball if you want to listen to the WNBA. Over here, we're talking about the Celtics. And okay. the biggest challengers to the Boston Celtics this season. Today's episode, by the way, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get five. If you bet $5, you get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So let's dive into this. This is like the quietest week. This is the quietest week. Everybody who's been who's going to be signed gets has been signed. Uh, it's every, Guys are in back in camp. Okay, that's great. Uh, but we're not there to see anything, so uh, we're turning our attention elsewhere. Uh, looking at the landscape of the East, uh, are we starting off with the most obvious? Who is the biggest obstacle along the way here uh, for the Celtics? 
Yeah, I think it's very, very clear. It's a team from Florida. Um, it's a team that the Celtics have a lot of trouble beating, and it is the Orlando, Orlando Magic. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going with that. Uh, by the way, hey, look, Orlando. I think they're going to be pretty good. I <laughs> like Orlando. Yeah. I think they are going to be good. I'm like kind of joking, but also kind of like if it's they sneak not... into the playoffs and you're the Celtics, it's like ah, you'll probably win. Do you, yeah, want, if, no, do you want do you want that if the Celtics get the top seed do you want 1-8 to be against Orlando? I wouldn't like that matchup. One pass, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not something I'm looking forward to. Uh so hopefully the Magic are either further up in the standings cuz that that is definitely not a team that uh, I would want to see in the first round. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, but let let's start at the tippity top. Right, it's the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Sure. The number one team that the Celtics have to worry about is the Milwaukee Bucks. But it's like the Milwaukee Bucks are uh, the older version of the Celtics. Yeah, yeah they, they're the oldest team in the league, uh, but they they're going to play similar styles. Uh, I think, especially defensively, I think Charles Lee's coming over from Milwaukee to steal a lot of what they do well, and I don't think. That uh, was Adrian Griffin is their head coach now. I don't think he should change much because what's been working over there is is still the, if you're going to have Brooke Lopez as your center, that's still going to be the, the your your best defensive lineup. But the question here, I guess, when it comes to Milwaukee, is are the Celtics uniquely built because of their ability to stretch the five to? put Milwaukee in these bad spots and and is this why this this Celtics Bucks series is always always tight always kind of, you know the Celtics have this great chance I, because I think if you can play Brooke Lopez off the floor he's so important to what they do yeah then that 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 kind of evens whatever you might say is is Milwaukee's advantage or has been that evens things out for Boston in a big way yeah I think so and I think you know I, I'll be really curious to watch Milwaukee this season I do feel like there's a certain like they can't you're right they can't really change much they shouldn't change much they have a you know a great team and, and a, you know a great superstar and all this stuff but at the same time it's also kind of out of necessity right it's like what can they change that they, they have no. like a you know a very similar team that they, they have guys like you know they've they've built a system I'm around a guy who you know like for all of his genuine all-timer greatness is you know is what he is, right? Like Giannis is just going to be Giannis. And, you know, the Celtics have historically done pretty well against him. Like, I don't think, you know, I don't think 38 year old Al Horford is the answer to like shutting down, you know, Embiid and Giannis every single time anymore. But like either way, the Celtics do a pretty good job on, you know, guys like that on guys mm -hmm. where, you know, everything is just focused on getting to the basket. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I like I would like the Celtics against the Bucks. Like I think they've just they just do well against that team. Like you said, they do a good job of playing Lopez off the floor. They do a good job of punishing the Bucks for having him on the floor. And they do a you know a nice job of limiting the, you know, one A with an exclamation point superstar that the Bucks have. And um, you know, and I just I, I've I've never liked what the Bucks can throw at Tatum. I, I you yeah. know, I've never liked what they can do about the wings. If, if I'm the Celtics, like to me, honestly, uh, I, you know, I'm probably looking a little more at like the heat, like, you know, like looking at like, okay, why does this team seem to bother the Celtics so much when like, you know, the Bucks, 
you know, historically, when the Celtics play them in the playoffs and don't have Kyrie Irving going rogue and deciding to guard Giannis, ah. they, they had to do pretty well against them. So. Oh, oh, Kyrie. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm looking at this and saying they still have Grayson Allen. They're starting Grayson Allen. Chris Middleton's 32. He's and he he's he can't be what he like, I know he's the Celtics killer, right? He's the guy, but if he's not what he used to be, and he's not, yeah. Brooke Lopez is older, it's a little tougher. Giannis has more and more to do on his own, and obviously he can do a lot on his own. Yeah, you're relying on Jay Crowder. I think Jay Crowder is cooked. Ah. Uh, you know, Pat Connaughton I like the man, is, but yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I how can you not love you know, I'll forever be like, uh, you know, I'll, I remember the, the Jay Crowder nose boop on John Wall. I mean, that's just one of the all-time great. A classic, yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. But the more I look at this, it's like, yeah, Milwaukee is, I, I, I'm going to give Milwaukee the respect of having Giannis. I'm going to give Milwaukee the respect of Chris Middleton always kills Boston somehow. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to give them the respect of having been there and won a championship won a title. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. they kind of know like Drew holiday can, can win you a game. He's not, he's, he's older yeah. too, but he can win a team a game. This is, this is definitely a team that has some, you know, they, they have the ability to beat Boston. If it's a seven game series. And if you're going to say Milwaukee beats Boston in a seven game series, that's, not outrageous. Yeah, I'm not going to be floored by that. Yeah, but I tell you what, I mean, I think I think Boston's favored in any series against anybody right now. Um, if if assuming in the, in the East anyway, yeah. in the East, in the yeah. East for sure. Um, I have a different idea of who. I don't think Milwaukee might actually be the biggest threat, and I don't. I'm not going to say Miami either. I have a I have another choice that I'm going to talk about. Look at that tease tease. We'll talk about that next. First, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is here. I mean, it's been a couple of crazy weeks in the NFL. Uh, Miami is beating. You want to talk about a Miami team that's putting up a lot of points. Uh, take take the over on Miami Dolphins games. I'll tell you that. Go to FanDuel.com and just hammer the over on Miami Dolphins games. Uh, if you're a new customer... Head on over to America's number one sports book. You get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's all you need to do. Play, play, play five bucks. You get 200, no matter if you win or if you lose. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get into the action. App is super easy to use, a wide range of betting options. You've got spreads, player pops, props, over-unders, and more. I was talking about the Connecticut Sun. They were eight and a half point underdogs. They went in there and won by I think it was 15. So there's money to be made on all sports all across the board over there at FanDuel. You got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Kick off your NFL season. Get ready for basketball. NBA is, is almost here. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. I'll just ask you if you're going to do it. Please gamble responsibly. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go on over to the Lockdown NBA feed. I'm over there on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. Check us out. Rotating hosts all week. It's a great way to cover the league as a whole. And uh, it's just a fun podcast five days a week there on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Let's get back to our biggest challengers to the Boston Celtics. Tom, I think the biggest challengers to the Boston Celtics 
uh, it's like going back to uh, the good old days. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I like the Cleveland Cavaliers adding some shooting over the summer. It was their biggest weakness. They've got length in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. It's length that bothers the Celtics the most. It bothers Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown the most. Obviously, any kind of wing trying to drive into big, long shot blockers, it's going to be tough. Uh, Garland and Mitchell are obviously elite playmakers. They've got uh, they've got some some depth now. Uh, I I like what they I like what they what they bring. I like as far as you know. I should say I maybe have saying this from the Celtics perspective. I hate what they bring, but they they I think are built to bother Boston more. Are the 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 Bucks might win more games, but I think the Cavs are built to beat Boston a uh, a little better than Milwaukee is, despite having Giannis. Um, I think I, I think they they're just solid all the way around. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think guys like Donovan Mitchell have historically given the Celtics problems, right? Like those like very explosive guards, even when Smart was on the team, like those like super explosive guys were. We're always just tough. Um, I, I do like that you continue. Um, you would if you know the Celtics ended up playing the Cavaliers and bowing out to them. I do like the uh, the idea that it's just Max Struess is just like the the creature from. Oh Earth my gosh! Just like oh. like the Celtics, <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just just like slowly. We're sorry, we cut you. <laughs> we did you a favor. We guaranteed your contract and gave you guaranteed money before we waived you. And he's just, he's just he's just behind them saying Taco Fall. Taco. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, it was Javante Green. It was it Javante was. Green was. that won that we spot. Talked about this. Yeah. Yes. yes. It yeah. was it, in now they could have kept they could have just said, "Hey Taco, thanks. We'll yeah. guarantee your contract and go." But he, he was on the two-way. They could have they could have just kept Struce. I I think the Taco thing was too um I don't know, too enticing because of the weirdness of it all. They just wanted to get weird with it. For a yep. season, yep. Um, but regardless, yeah, the yeah, the I, the Max Struess revenge tour against the Boston Celtics, uh, uh, that that's that's one hell of a storyline. If it's if it's Cleveland and, and Boston in the in the conference finals, that's they're gonna have to do like some sort of uh, major league type seance with Joe Boo and the Rum to to get the, the to shake this Max Struess. Curse. I mean, again, let's let's bring up Kyrie for a second time, right? Like, you know, clear the court, clear the court of all the the you know yeah. bad energy. You gotta, just, yeah, you gotta just do it. sage the whole thing. You have just... to do it. Um, yeah, no, I, I I like Cleveland as a pick. I I think, and I think you're right that the um the the, the shot blocking at the rim that's just you know something that they that they struggle with sometimes. I think I'll be curious to see how Tatum adjusts to some of that stuff this year because that has historically been something that he has had trouble with. But also he's getting stronger. He's becoming more of a you know take it directly at the rim kind of guy. Like and yeah, if you're if you want to be that kind of guy, you're gonna have to make it over some big dudes sometimes. So um, I'll be curious to see how that goes. But I do think like um, you know as far as as far as challengers go, like that's, that's a real dark horse. Like Cleveland, um, I think Cleveland gets a little underrated just cause they bowed out so early last year. Yeah. Um, but that's an, that's an up and coming team. Like they're, they've got a squad. Let me tell you Tatum. I hope he just, somebody buy Tatum a full length mirror and, <laughs> and just get him cardboard cutouts 
of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. He's, I think he's taller than Jared Allen minus, you know, Jared Allen's hair, right? but he's, he's almost Evan Mobley's size. This is, and he's got long arms. So yes, Mobley and Allen are fearsome defenders and fearsome rim protectors, but damn it, Jason Tatum, you are just as big, just as long and, and huge. You're not skinny anymore. You are a tank now. Just it's my, my, my theory has always been that Tatum has always played skinny and he's only been huge for a few years. It's like the kid who's been a nerd in high school and just grew into like GQ looks and you're like, doesn't think like you're, you're a good looking dude. You're like, no, look in the mirror, man. You're huge. Now go play through these guys. Make Evan Mobley foul you. Make Jared Allen foul you. Dunk on some of these fools, man. Like, that's what I want to see Jason Tatum do. And I don't think, I mean, Donovan Mitchell po- catches bodies for sure. Yeah. You know, but T- I think the Celtics with Tatum and Brown have guys that are more well-equipped to challenge shot blockers at the rim. This, a battle between Boston and Cleveland would be fun because it's like two trees against two trees and let's see which perimeter can get the job done. It might just become a, a three-point shooting contest, which every game can come down to anyway. But I, I was going to say, you want to do corner threes again? Should we do that? Yeah, uh, you wanna, let's, let's rewind that so people get pissed off at me again. <laughs> but, yeah, it might just be a battle of the backcourt, in, in which case, if if it's Derek White, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown versus Max Struess, Dar- Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell, with all due respect – to the god Max Struess, I'm taking the Boston trio in sure. that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I will say I'm I'm just a huge Garland guy. I I, I oh yeah, man, he's cool. Man. I, he's, oh he's, my god, he's, he's he's actually he's like he's like a, a yeah, he's a cool basketball player. He's so cool, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's so much fun to watch. It's legit. He's he's legit. Yeah, I I, I would put him in team all cool. Mm-hmm. Um. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, Starting guard on all cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So that's Cleveland. Okay. Let's, let's, let's just briefly talk about Miami. Let's talk about Miami real quick, because if it's Miami without Damian Lillard, I'm done. I'm done fearing Miami. I'm done with the whole Miami heat culture. I'm done with all of that. This is if Miami doesn't add anybody else, I am like Jimmy Butler is older. They are thinner. All the way around, they lost important players. I know that they've got some young guys that they could maybe rely on. And yeah, they do have a history of somehow saying, hey, Nikola Jovic is going to be, you know what? He's going to be an, uh, a starting forward and, and scoring 18 points a game for some reason on this team. But look, you're, if you're, if you're depend, depending on Tyler Hero and Josh Richardson, as your starting backcourt, I, I I just don't think that's good enough. I, so if it ends up being Boston and Miami, I think all fear should be thrown out the window. I say this now at the end of September. By April, I'd be like, oh, God, Miami, heat, the culture, heat culture. Uh, but no, I, I'm done fearing Miami. I'm done. I'm done with it. I hear you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think – I want to see the Celtics dribble the ball up the court 10 times in a row without getting stripped against the Miami Heat before I feel really good if I'm the Celtics. But uh, also, 
Jaime Jaquez is awesome. I he I feel like that's a dude who on that Miami Heat team, like I just I like what a what a perfect Heat player. I think he's gonna be awesome in Miami. Um, so you know, though that's my my big case for the Heat still being dangerous is yeah, nuh-uh, I still think they're good, and also Jaime Jaquez. So, you know, <laughs> your point is probably more valid than mine, but I uh, I stand by mine. I mean, if he comes in, again, I, I just don't put anything past Miami. I just, I don't, I can't. Yeah. I want I want to sit there and be like, I'm done fearing these guys. But yeah, Jaime Jaquez, oh, rookie, yeah, sure, let's bring this rookie in here. But like, yeah. Would that be any crazier than Gabe Vincent just morphing into no. Steph Curry for like two straight rounds? No. no. Like this guy, this guy looks like the Captain Morgan mascot, and he's gonna come out here he's so and awesome. he's gonna he's gonna drop like 30 on the Celtics as a rookie and be like, What? Why? How yeah. does this keep happening? Yeah, good uh, Adam Morrison just knocked us out of the playoffs. That's exactly yeah, what you Good want. Yeah. Adam Morrison. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, poor Adam Morrison. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you know no. he was the first? Did you know he was the first NBA player I ever interviewed? No, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hakez has a much better mustache than Morrison. Yeah, he does, which makes yeah. him infinitely cooler. <laughs> um, but seriously, he does look like Captain Morgan. Put the put the the red coat on him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's let's get into some of the the middle the middle tier stuff. We'll get to that in just a second. Just want to remind people about the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast. Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Your your draft is going to be coming up soon, and no one has you covered like Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is just an absolute god when it comes to fantasy ball. Uh, if you want to win your league, you're not going to be able to do it without listening to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast. Uh, so subscribe wherever you found this podcast. All right, let's get back to this conversation here. Uh, we, we didn't mention Philadelphia because – I just have no respect for the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> uh, uh, on your um, respect power rankings, who's higher, the Hawks or the Sixers at this stage? Ooh, the Sixers, because they, as much as I don't like Joel Embiid, I, I, I acknowledge his, his greatness and yeah, his I, I agree. MVP yeah. season. So, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I, let's figure out what they are with James Harden. I, I just, I don't see the Sixers as a, a true challenger to Boston. Uh, I I don't see why this will go any differently than any other series. And, and I don't see any reason Not a to reason. even continue having this conversation about Philly. I, uh, it is hilarious to me that they just keep signing guys like like or keep bringing in Charlotte guys who the Celtics cook. Like yeah, what what is <laughs> what is the end game here? Oh yeah. Kelly Oubre. Oh, not, yeah. Kelly oh Oubre. not Kelly Oubre. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what – but Nick Nurse is their coach now. Is that going to make anything better? I have no idea. You know, what are you going to yeah. – he's going to run some stupid zone with uh, Joel Embiid at the top, and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to Philly. Put a pin in it. We'll revisit it later. Fair. Uh, let's let's go down the next, the next tier. I'm going to put the New York Knicks – as a legitimate kind of content. They've always bothered the Celtics. They're the Tom Thibodeau teams are big, tough, um, you know, Emmanuel quickly. I'll never get over that game where quickly was doing like the three point celebration in front of his face. Uh, what he dropped 65 points, 80 points, something like that at the garden. Yeah. It was impossible to stop him. The Knicks, the Knicks are tough. And, and, you know, they were a 47 win team last season. Legit. They, I can see the Knicks being 
a second round matchup, you know, a one, four type of matchup where if the Celtics can get by, uh, Orlando in the first round, they'll face the Nick look Orlando, New York, and whatever conference finals would be a tough road. I think yeah, for the Celtics, <laughs> that would be like a bruising tough. I, they would win. But man, those it's like getting into a you know 48 minute uh just fight with two by fours with these teams. That's that's like you know, preseason obviously we have no idea how like you know things will look completely different in January, but that's like the nightmare road, I feel like if you're you know projecting ahead, right? Like it's it's one of them. Like that's that's tough, man. Like the Knicks, I mean, like I think you know, we I think Jalen Brunson has another step that he can go up. Like Julius Randle gives the Celtics like just trouble. Like he's just so big and aggressive and just like, I don't know. just something about him is always kind of, you know, the Celtics don't necessarily have kind of like a really good bruiser like that anymore. I mean, you know, like you could kind of at least like throw Grant at him and just say like, I don't know, go go absorb some punches or, you know, even like Blake just, yeah, just go take some hits and, you know, use your fouls or whatever. They don't, you know, they don't have that. They don't have that. So yeah, they don't have that. The Knicks are a tough one. It's going to be interesting, man. There's like, like there's some matchups now in the East that the Celtics kind of just don't totally have the personnel that they had last year for it, you know? And yeah. I think the Knicks are definitely one of them. Yeah. And you know, look, a Marcus Smart and Grant Williams against the Knicks, that big, big tough against Jalen Brunson, big tough against Julius Randle. Yep. That, that would be very, very helpful. Yep. Not to mention, look, a full season of Josh Hart. I like Josh Hart as a player. Yeah. He's a he's a tough dude. He's a good player. Um, Ante DiVincenzo uh, off the bench. He's is a, a good, good pickup. player. Yeah, that's a good pickup. Yeah, they they and you know they have capable centers in Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein. That I mean, those guys are capable enough. Um, they're not going to kill you, but they can protect the rim. Yep. Uh, it's it. They're clearly a middle pack team. I would put them. Behind the my my top three right now is Boston, Milwaukee, and I'd say Cleveland, um, Philly, depending on whatever. Uh, but New York's in that mix right there, four or five. So that would that would be a tough one. I think that that would mm, I wouldn't want to see the New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, after that, I don't know. I, I'm I don't care about the Atlanta Hawks. Do, do you want to spend three minutes just crapping all over the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, I mean, Toronto Raptors. How about the stay. Toronto Raptors? Weird weirdness <laughs> in in Toronto. Here here's the thing about Toronto. I don't know what they're going to be. They have Pascal Siakam sitting there as a potential trade chip. They've got other potential trade chips. They have a new coach, and there there's rumors that they are a potential destination for Damian Lillard. Lillard filling in the Fred Van Vliet role. Now, now, you know, look, Toronto becomes maybe, maybe the tough out. Like, I, I don't know where, where they end up. Like, I don't think they start the season with their starting five, Schroeder, Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl. Okay. You know, not bad. Uh, oh, sorry. FIBA World Cup MVP, Dennis Schroeder. That's right. Um, Sir. <laughs> Sir. I, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a decent, I don't know what Scotty, Scotty Barnes, how much better he's going to, he, he's going to be. I mean, he's going to be taking that he's due for that next leap. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously really good. See, I don't know how this mess 
in, you know, uh, impact Siakam, they do take a, a bit of a, a, a drop after that. Um, but I don't know, a couple of moves. I can talk myself into Toronto being a tough playoff series. If, if it becomes instead of Orlando, Toronto having been like bad and then making a trade and getting good to a point where they're the eighth seed, seventh seed, and they, you know, win a, win a play in tournament and, and, and face Boston somehow. I just have such a hard time imagining the Raptors. Like, I, I know it worked out for them with Kawhi, but that was such a specific circumstance. I have such a hard time imagining them trading for Dame and, and actually being a part of that. And if they yeah. don't, I just feel like it just feels like like a teardown. You know, it doesn't like Masai's just kind of been kind of moving in that direction for a while anyway. I, I have a hard time with the Raptors. I, I have a hard time talking myself into them. But, um, you know, it's a, you know, to your point, it's not like Masai's done crazy stuff before and it's worked out very uh -huh. well for him. So, you know, um, Brooklyn's rebuilding Chicago. Any interest in the Chicago Bulls? No, no. No, I feel like honestly, I feel like the Bulls are in one of the toughest positions league wide. Like their roster doesn't make any sense. It's you know, it's like yeah. you know, just a lot of holes all up and down. I, I don't, I do not like where they're at. Here, here's the team that everybody's talking about. This is this is everybody's. Everybody comes into this se a season with the darling, right? Um, we can argue that OKC is the darling, but I think OKC's been the darling uh, all along. Um, I think there's, I think, it, I think it goes up a little bit after the, the season shot, like Shea had, I think. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. But, yeah. and, and what I'm saying, like, people are saying like, I expect OKC to make the playoffs this year. Right. Sure. But I think that's more natural progression. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to the Indiana Pacers as the darling. It's a, it's a team where I think a lot of people are saying, Hey, watch out for the Pacers. People love Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Benedict Matherin had a, a good year. We got to figure out what the Buddy Heald stuff is, right? We don't know yeah. if he's actually going to get traded or not. Who are they going to get back? Uh, Andrew Nembhard had a, a good season last year. He surprised a few people. There are some good names on there. Obi Toppin comes in from New York and feels like he might be a better fit with that group. Miles Turner is settled. They're not persistent Miles Turner trades. He can protect the rim. He can spread the floor. It's a team that shouldn't do much but also is like hey on any given night they can beat any team out there my my thing with the pacers is just if like if your kind of high end low end swings kind of pendulums back and forth based on miles turner that scares me <laughs> a little bit yeah because yeah, i yeah. do think that like you know, yeah, you know what you're going to get with Halliburton. You know what you're going to get with a lot of these guys. It's like, I think that the real, like, floor ceiling razor is, is Miles Turner. And mm -hmm. I just don't feel awesome about that. I, I should also say, I, and I was negligent in not mentioning the god, Aaron Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, that was an oversight on your part. That was an oversight on my part. Now, Aaron Neesmith obviously is going to come in. Uh, if he gets to face Boston in a playoff series, he will turn into the absolute sniper he declared himself to be. I will be, I will be concerned for his physical health if he plays the Celtics <laughs> in a playoff series because I just feel like he, <laughs> there's going to be a photo of him 
completely spread eagled midair about to belly flop matter <laughs> of like you know how, how hurt he gets from that that's my concern he he might like somehow find himself jumping through the backboard just backboard shattered and he's like hunched he's like just folded over the bottom of right. the uh the support there uh, yeah. but somehow still fine Every time I watch Aaron Neesmith play, literally every single game I've seen him play, there's a moment where I go, <gasps> because I think he's seriously injured himself, and he just pops right back up. And yeah. I've never been more afraid of someone seriously injuring himself than when Aaron Neesmith is on the floor. Yeah, John Morant is the only other guy I've ever like seen yeah. get himself yeah, in he's, a situation he's on that. where it's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah, what did I say before? Team all cool. This is team all, like, you know, crap your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Team all you know, fear of injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's that's a good uh that's a good podcast, I think. All the all the uh challengers to the Boston Celtics. Well so, we, we did miss the Pistons. You didn't want to you didn't want to talk about the Pistons? You're not scared of the Pistons? No, I am I think I think they'll be tough. I think they'll be tough. I think I, I don't I think I think the Pistons, honestly, I think the Pistons will be like 25 win team with like 20 moral victories you know 20 like wow that was a great fight against a good team like whoa they took the denver nuggets to overtime you know like but hey and then they can land the fifth pick again and and know, botch that botch that <laughs> it'll be great <laughs> it'll be awesome thank you tom westerholm appreciate you appreciate you as always i always appreciate all of you regular fans i should say speaking of neglecting to mention somebody i did the Q&A yesterday, people were asking me the player of each decade. We got to the 2010s. And I was like, oh, I don't know who, who, who. And I said Marcus Smart. And people were like, why didn't you mention Isaiah Thomas? I didn't mention Isaiah Thomas. That's my bad. I didn't mention him. But he had two, three seasons. And so we're talking about the player of the decade. And I, I mean, I suppose that decade was so bad that I could just give it to Isaiah Thomas because the rest of the decade suck. I should have mentioned him. Uh, I still don't think he played enough to be player of the decade, but also I will fully acknowledge that while, yes, I also should have mentioned him, that I can, the rest of the decade was so bad player-wise that those two, three seasons of Isaiah Thomas uh, were worth more than any other player. So I gave it to Marcus Smart. Maybe I just had an affinity. Maybe I just gave it to Marcus Smart because I felt bad because of you got traded. Whatever. All right. I wanted to acknowledge that. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for watching, and all of that stuff. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Would love it now if you everydayers, especially the people who are here Monday through Friday, taking me to work, in the car, you know, popping me on while you're in the shower, whatever it is that you're doing, walking the dog. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Would love it now if you share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.